0: Right, welcome to the Iron Bell Ministries podcast. Uh, I am Joel Gerdes, hosting today, and I am joined by Greg Diedrich. Great, great to be here. Thanks,
1: uh, thanks for being with us, everyone.
0: Yeah, we're just uh, continuing on through a series called Faith at Work, and just really uh, loving this topic of, of God wanting to partner with us in our workplace, and that He cares about the details of our mm. lives, mm. that He's not a God of just the macro, but He yeah. loves the micro. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a, one of the big breakthroughs in my life uh, occurred when um, God revealed for me I was believing a lie. And, and the lie, um, and particularly as it relates to uh, my work life, is best kind of summarized in this story. I used to have this. This picture in my mind that on Monday morning, as I'm heading off to work, you know, God, and I'm an ex-athlete, so pardon the uh, very ex-athlete a long time ago, <laughs> uh, pardon the analogy, but he would open the door for me on Monday morning, and he'd slap me on the back, and he'd say, go get him, champ. And there came a time several years ago, but not that many, <laughs> I wish it was a lot longer ago, where he said, Greg, you got it all wrong. He said, that's not what I do at all. And he said, what I do is on Monday morning, I open the door, I grab your hand, and I say, let's go get him champ. And the difference is slight in the, it's one word in the sentence, go get him champ versus let's go get him champ. And the let's is, I'm going with you. I'm going on the field with you. I'm not just giving you the playbook and I didn't just teach you the game plan. I'm not staying on the sidelines saying, you know, hey, good block or bad block. I'm coming on the field with you and we're gonna do this together. And that changes the way I expect to see God partner with me. When I expect to see him as a coach on the sideline, that's different than when I expect to see him in the huddle. And I think that that paradigm really starts to shift then our thinking of, wow, what does this mean for me at work? How do I um, go to work with God? Literally, how do I go to work with God and start to take that picture? And, and uh, we talked about this last time, Joel. One of the um, the, the structures that really helped me in that was that when I was asking God that question, um, he started to uh, reveal some truths that were in counter, uh, counteracting lies that I believe. And the first one was, you know, kind of this notion of, yeah, well, he kind of led me to the scripture. He says, "I, I, I wanted to see God show up in this way," and he, and he led me to the scripture. "You have not because you ask not." And I said, "Okay, I'm starting asking, Lord. What should I ask for?" And I started, you know, saying, "You know, what do I do a lot of? Where do I want to see God show up?" And, and it kind of led me to my calendar, and I have a lot of meetings, one-on-one meetings. And he said, "I want you to let me into your meetings." You know, I would meet with a lot of people one-on-one, as I shared last time, with coffee or lunch or whatever. And, and so I started asking God about his heart for those people in those meetings. And then as he showed up at those meetings, I'd be like, wow, God, you really care. I, see your, I feel your presence. I see the outcome different. I see that it wasn't just about a meeting or some good advice, but you worked in their hearts to shift some things more deeply and you brought a profound truth to them that you ministered to them. There was a spiritual outcome, not just a natural outcome. And I started to see how God would use those in much greater ways. And so once I started doing that and I got the idea that, wow, God, this wasn't a one-time thing. God really wants to do this. Then I started to expect it. Right. And so now I'd go into a meeting and I'd have a lunch with a Tom or Kurt or Fred, and I'd sit down or I'd have coffee and I'd, and I'd say, Okay, Lord, I know that you have something for um, Fred. You know, I know that you are going to um, want to impart something to him because you, you, have, you have good plans for him. You have something for him. So I would start to say, Okay, I want to pray into that. What is it? What do you have? And as I did, I started I knew and I expected God to show up and I never knew. It could be two minutes into the conversation or an hour and two minutes. And I remember there were some times where I'd be like be an hour at lunch and I'd be okay, they gotta go and I gotta go. All right, God, I I really didn't sense anything and then boom, you know, right then he would break in and I and something would happen.
0: What do you call that moment? And Is that just it's, the it's the aha? It,
1: it's the aha moment. It's where, you know, I'm praying like, you know, Joel, you and I are having a conversation, Lord, what do you have for Joel? Um, And, um, you know, we're just going along and and all of a sudden I'll either uh, say something that sparks in you and I can see you light up. And it's a reaction that uh, is a revelation to you. You've learned something. God's illuminated something for you. And you're like, ah, that's it. And most of the time in those those discussions, when I really know it shows up, I don't even remember what I said. You know, I just say, what happened, you know, and it's kind of like watching a movie in a sense because I'm a part of it, but I'm not really the one, you know, I'm playing a part. There's somebody else directing it. And so I can just see that the Lord's doing something and, and then I'll know that we're on to the the place where the Lord really had and it may have nothing to do with the topic that we we got together about.
0: You can probably relate to this. This is a slightly different um circumstance but you know the people that are around you that might be going through grief maybe Mm, they lost somebody right and usually our our knee-jerk reaction is just to go to the uh um basically base of knowledge that we've acquired over the years of our life and we just try to extract something from our head or our heart say Mm -hmm. well i've got a scripture for you but it's like it's basically i'm it's random access i'm just pulling pulling from my vast um knowledge of Whatever, just mm-hmm. trying to give them Your some experience. sort of comfort, and it's like you know what I've found is the people that I, I I've done that with are like there's very little comfort they actually receive. Right. Until I started reading First Corinthians one, where he talks about God says, "I am the God of all the comfort," and Paul's describing. He said, "You know, we've we've been through these things, received comfort from God, so that we could give you comfort." So there's like a, a tangible exchange, ex, ex, as opposed to. I just want to give you the wisdom that I have, but it's my wisdom. It's not God's wisdom. I want to give you God's wisdom. I want you to experience Him. And uh, you know, last talk we discussed uh, what we, you know, these the scale of what it looks like to be a believer in the workplace. And Mm -hmm. you can just be present. That's level Mm -hmm. one. Level two is I'm incorporating biblical values. But level three is really I want to partner with your Holy Spirit where Mm. I'm at because that's what was lost in the garden. Mm. You know. We've both heard this sermon years ago, and I think it was uh, maybe from Gateway, where they described that there was a way of knowing God Mm. that was lost. We ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we were kicked out of the garden, Mm -hmm. we had separation from God, and we lost His very presence. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all throughout, you know, we read in the Old Testament how um, basically every generation might have one or two people at most mm-hmm. that would carry God's presence as a like a prophetic voice and would speak to the people for God right. one or two mm-hmm. in a generation and um then then the messiah comes mm-hmm. then here's Jesus and he says you know what John 16 it's really, you're you're going to be really glad that I leave, because mm-hmm. everybody's going to get my spirit. Mm-hmm. And what we lost in the garden has been, we've been reconnected to God, and that we can come boldly before His throne, and this applies to business. Mm-hmm. It's not just like we d- described in last um, the last talk, that um, there's this distinction between the sacred and the secular. Now we've been reunited with our Father, and we have communion, just like Jesus did with mm-hmm. His Father, through the Holy Spirit. hmm but now everybody gets him Mm -hmm. now everybody has the opportunity to have the holy spirit in them where they can commune with the father and have wisdom at any moment Mm -hmm. isn't that a beautiful thing yeah it really is and you know it goes
1: back to that um thing we were talking about last time when you understand there's a level three um which is moving from just the principles of god uh, and the values uh, of god in the marketplace to partnering with him and, and, in power, you know, moving, um, in partnership with him. Um, it really gets embodied in this notion that, you know, as I was saying, I'm not only going to ask that you show up in these situations, you know, outside of Sunday morning, I'm not only going to expect, as I was saying, but it then moves into a dependency. The third level that God showed me was, you know, I want you to ask about, what I have for all these situations these people you're meeting with then you know he showed me I want you to expect that I'm gonna show up so that you're anticipating it cuz this is the way I work when you're in partnership with me I'm always at work you join in well I want you to be expecting me to join in so you're attuned to it and then he showed me the third level really was you know what when you're fully surrendered and you really wanna be in partnership with me you need to be in complete dependence
0: well we're talking about the how really because yeah. I mean so many people wanna know how do you do that because right. instinctively, in business, we never put ourselves in a position of vulnerability mm-hmm. like that because that that um, could mean failure. Right. So, as business owners or high level directors, people that are making decisions for businesses, how do you put yourself in a place of dependence mm-hmm. on the Lord mm-hmm. within work? Right. How, what would you say to that? Well, I think you know. First of all, it's the
1: same way you do it anywhere. That's the first thing is, because I think it applies at work, but this really applies everywhere. And we talked last time about this, how, you know, what we like to teach people is how do you live in partnership with God for your whole life? One aspect for those of us in the marketplace is, since we spend a lot of time there, how do you do it in the marketplace, which is kind of a unique um, manifestation of that. But it's, it's the same principle, and, and really, I believe, the same process in a lot of ways. So as you think about this thing of you know the third level being dependency, you know uh, what the Lord was showing me is that um, here's a great example of this. Uh, when when one of the first things we did in our ministry, and Joel, you're familiar with this, you've helped with these, we have these things called leadership summits that we do as part of our ministry, and we like to bring in leaders of businesses or a team that leads a business, and we like to do what we would call leadership planning, strategic planning. We put a name on it like that so people can identify with it. But as I was developing this program uh, for people to go through and writing it out and designing it, uh, my first tendency, and I think this story will really illustrate what we're talking about here, was this. I'm going to pull out the 28 best years of Greg Dietrich, strategy, structure, culture, mission, vision, values. I've got these PowerPoints, uh, some great teaching, all these principles. And they're going to be wowed, and they're going to love it. And I've learned these from some of the best leaders in business. And you know, at the end of the day, they're going to love it. And you know what? Guess who's going to look really good? Greg Diedrich's going to look really right, good. Right. Yeah, I'm going to get a lot of credit for a great seminar. And as I was starting to put that together, I just felt like the Lord just leaned in and said, say, um, you know, instead of that, Greg, why don't you teach them what I've been teaching you? And I was like, oh, yeah, good idea, Lord. That's what I was going to do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I felt that gentle rebuff, and I just said, okay, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach them dependency. And so what ended up happening is, you know, I, I kind of scrapped all that. And the Lord just said, lead them into a time where they can, you guys can come before me and ask me and be open to what I have. And so the way we designed Leadership Summit was then where we bring people in, we get them in a place where they're expecting God to show up in their business, which is the first thing, because if you don't believe it, you're not looking for them. They're asking. We talked about it. Yeah. And they're asking. Then they're expecting God to show up. And the third thing is, then they start depending on them. So we literally get people um, off, and we ask them to ask the two or three questions to God that are on the top of their minds for their business. And we have them go off individually or as a group, and then we come back and we process that. And it's amazing. as You've been there, Joel. You just see God show up and start to reveal to these people the things that in their business that, that need attention or that need, um, uh, uh, to be, uh, brought forward or need to be initiated. Um, and a lot of times it's the same thing that he's doing in them, um, because, you know, they represent a big part of their business. And so what ends up happening then is when we do that, the, here's the reality, the reality is this, I don't have anything for them. And so I have this this little prayer with God. The first time I had it, it was sweat, blood, and tears where I said, Lord, <laughs> right. I'm having these five people in. If you don't show up, I'm in trouble because I have nothing for them. I've, I've, I've taken all those PowerPoint and all that stuff and put it away. If you don't show up, we, I've got nothing. And I said, and I'm going to look really foolish. But so are you because I'm going to tell them that you told me to do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, really good at, will tell I'm really good at passing the blame on and so what I just got the sense is, as I was praying that before. The first one, he says, relax, Greg. This is when I do my best work. When people are in dependence on me. And he took me to, to Jesus' example. And I just, I, I honed in. on, And I never, um, it never let me go. It was that Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. And I only say what the Father tells me to say. And what I realized is that Jesus in his life was modeling dependence on God in right. partnership with him through the Holy Spirit. And he set up that paradigm, not just for him to live it, but so that we could live it.
0: Right, because we don't really believe, when we say, you know, but that was Jesus. Right. We still, in our minds, are believing a thought that uh, Jesus was still grasping his godness. Yes. When he didn't consider equality with God something to be taken by force, taken, grasped, he literally tied his power behind his back that he could access if he wanted to. But he said, I'm going to live in such a way where every man on this planet, every woman on this planet understands I'm fully human, completely. I'm denying myself my Godness. Mm -hmm. And at his baptism, he receives the Holy Spirit, you know, in the form of the dove where it comes down. And it says it remained on him in power. Mm
1: -hmm. And the
0: only power that he possessed was the same Holy Spirit that we possess. Yes. Independence to the Father. Yes. Yes. And so he, he lived
1: completely. That's why we talked last podcast about Jesus kind of oftentimes was on this wild goose chase where he'd go here and then he'd go there and it looked like um, there was no pattern to it. And I said, the pattern really was this. He said, I only do what the Father tells me to do, and I only say what the Father tells me to say. So every time he would reconnect with his Father, he would then live out what was the Father's uh, will for him and his life in that day, in that hour, in that
0: moment. But how do you—it's like we have to deprogram, like, these ways and these patterns that we've developed on our own because they're survival mechanisms that we have. It's like, this is how I know how to succeed. This is how I know how to uh, get forward in life. Mm -hmm. And God's saying, no— Come back to the garden. You can totally just trust and depend on me. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about ask, expect, and depend, mm-hmm. this literally just popped in my head. So I had to yeah. look it up.
1: Yeah.
0: That, that, um, those initials are AED. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, AED, automated external defibrillator. <laughs> it's literally bringing life. life ba- li- it's it's bringing life back into mm. um, the way we were meant to to live it. And sometimes we just need those paddles r- yeah. right on our chest and say, "I right. need you to ask. I need you to expect. I need you to d- depend." Because right. I know oftentimes in business, you know, I've I've been able to transition into doing more sales with the company I'm with, mm-hmm. and you know, the typical sales professional will say, "This is how many people you need to talk to every week." This is how you build your prospect list and your pipeline. Right. You have to do, it's, it's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if it's a numbers game, how do I give God any credit? Mm-hmm. So I started asking, asking
1: and then expecting
0: him. and depending, but it looked like this, because we were saying, how do you become a level three where you're, at, where you're trusting the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. with what you do and you say, I wanna partner with you. And for me it was, what if we just prayed, kind of like the builder analogy used mm-hmm. in the last talk. Right. What if I pray? And ask God send me the right people, because mm-hmm. I don't want to build stuff in the flesh. Right. I wanna I want to partner with the people you want me to partner with, mm-hmm. and I trust that your plan is good. I trust that you're always at work and you're actually working for my my benefit. It doesn't mean everything's always peachy. Mm-hmm. That uh, the outcome is the one that I desired, but I know it's good because mm-hmm. I know He's good. Right.
1: You know that's that's really great. Um, way of describing it. And as I think back on the, when we kind of built the Iron Bell uh, ministries, it was his way of teaching us how to build in the spirit, not in the flesh. So what did that look like? Well, as we started to develop expressions in the ministry, like uh, marriage coaching that Shelly and I have done a lot of, and, um, you know, kind of this leadership summit, and even the, here at the Iron Bell barn, the Wednesday morning prayer time, or the worship nights, my first instinct naturally was to go in with my background and build a business plan, market it, promote it, and figure out how to expand it. And the Lord said, no, that's, that's not how we're going to do it. And instead, if you, if, for those of you who haven't been here, you can't find the place if it's your first time. There's no sign on the road. It's a small little driveway. When you turn in, you think you're on the wrong road because there's nothing <laughs> for like a quarter of a mile. And then you kind of come into it. And it's like the Lord was saying, look, I'm going to bring the people to you that I want to connect with you. And that's how we'll build. And it's going to seem slow. It's going to seem inefficient. It's going to seem like there's a lot more you could be doing, but it'll be the right people at the right time to accomplish my purposes. And just in this last year, as you know, Joel, we felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to get some of these messages out now. But we've been for five years just kind of operating in that mode of, Lord, whoever you bring us are the people that you want us to minister to in this way. And when you do, you see incredible fruit. Because it's the right people at the right time, and so whether it's ministry, because I've been in ministry before, where we didn't do it that way, where we built in the flesh, I I was, I've been a great flesh builder, you know, I've been the best of them, and so the Lord was really teaching me, how do you partner with me? How do you stay in step? Uh, And this ask, expect, depend um, paradigm, I think, really um, helps release it, and. One of the things that I tell people is if you really want to model what Jesus um, did in that way, because people always think of it as mystical and you know, how do you do this? And it's such a gap, I can't reach it. Well, that's the enemy trying to convince you you can't go there. I always say, start with these two simple questions. And you won't believe how many people I've asked, said this to, who've to come back to me and said, wow, has this been powerful. And I just got it from you know, reading Jesus. I, I get in a situation and I'll say, I say to God, what are you saying right now? what are you doing right now? Not like in my life in this season or in this decade or in this person. It's like right now in this situation, Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? Because I want to cooperate with that. I just want to be in your will doing what you want me to do, saying what you want me to say. Do you think God's up there saying, ah, that's not a good prayer. I'm not going to answer that one. (laughs) Boy, you really... No, that's... His heart is... You know, his eyes are searching to and fro for somebody's heart surrendered to his. And, And so when you connect at that level... You know, it's a very practical way. Begin your journey by every day or every moment just saying, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll, be, I'll give you a great example. One of the things I hate is to be in traffic, okay? And, and it, most people don't like it. I hate it. Um, and the only thing that um, keeps me uh, intact is my wife rides with me a lot, so then I have to behave. <laughs> Pretend to be holy. Yeah, and so even in those situations, I say right now, Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? Even in a traffic jam, um, let alone when I'm sitting down in a business meeting or a meeting with somebody uh, around lunch, or, or delving into some of their life, uh, it's a very powerful way to connect into what God is doing right then. And no moment is lost. Uh, God's always at work, and we can always join in. So when you start, to, when one, you have a new paradigm, you ask, expect, depend, you see God always at work, you know you can join in, start tapping in, you know, your spirit, the Holy Spirit's in you, connects with him and just says, Lord, what are you doing right now? What are you saying right now? So that I might do your will in this moment. It's a very simple, but very powerful way to begin living in partnership with God in every area of your life. And, uh, you know, as you know, we have some great stories about that, whether it's at business or whether it's just the everyday parts of life where that really comes,
0: uh, comes out. Yeah. Um, I liken it to like a new operating system. Cause exactly. it really is. So it's like it, it, it takes time to kind of get deprogrammed from your, your old patterns and your old ways. Right. And, uh, but as I've, in my own life, seen this work out, and I ask, and I expect, and I depend, He shows up. Yeah. And He, he doesn't let us down. Yes. And so I think next time on the next podcast, I think we'll probably try to dig into a, a few testimonies. Yes. Like a real practical, here's something that I did. Um, where I put myself in a place of dependency on the Lord. Here's the place where Mm -hmm. you did that, or people that we've known have put themselves in a place of dependency. They ask, they expect, they depend. And let's talk about what God did and really bring some of those testimonies up. We're
1: going to do that. And I'm going to, uh, many of them are from, from other people. And we want to just share how that's going on. I'm just going to leave people with one that I love. It's It's not that profound in terms of an outcome, but the reason I love it is it really demonstrates that God is in all of life and that this can happen anywhere. This isn't just if you're a president of a company or you have a big job or whatever it is. And um, as I started practicing this concept of always asking God, what are you saying and what are you doing right now? Uh, I was pulling into the cleaners, and you've heard me tell this story before, and it, it, it really just touches me. And as I was pulling into the dry cleaners, a very mundane thing, you know, I've got two, two or three shirts I'm dropping off. I'm picking up two or three shirts as I'm driving in. I'm just prompted to say, Lord, what are you doing right now at the cleaners? What are you saying? And I felt in my spirit, Lord had an appointment for me. So I'm expecting now. And I'm on the lookout, okay? You That's why this up. is important. I got my radar up. So I go in, and I see my neighbor's wife, uh, my neighbor, and it was his, my friend and his wife. It was just his wife, I should say. And as I walk in, I know that her husband's been sick, and we've been praying for him. So I said, ah, this is it, Lord. Thank you. So I walk in and say, hey, you know, how's so-and-so doing? You know, how's he doing and, and, uh, and all that? And, and, uh, and I see she's got like 20 shirts, and, and bl- blouses and everything and so I said let me help you so I grab half of them we go out to the car and say you know we've been praying how's it doing and and she, and she goes oh he's fine Greg thanks I gotta run I have an appointment and so she throws the, the things in there and then heads out I was like oh missed I it. missed it <laughs> I was like okay Lord I'm not, I'm not quite there and as I walk back in I realized I had taken my three shirts and thrown them on the counter and there's a clerk behind the desk who I've never seen before and my shirts are gone and the two or three that I had there to pick up were hanging on the rack and they're ready for me and I'm like, I didn't even announce my name or anything, and I just looked at it and the Lord said that I felt prompted, tell her she's a good detective, and I have these conversations with God. God asked me to step out in faith on things, and I was like, no, I don't want to tell her that. <laughs> I literally said that. <laughs> Please no, don't make I me. I don't, because if I do, I might look foolish, and if there's anything I hate is looking foolish, okay? And so Lord said, tell her, tell her she's a good detective, and I said, oh. I said, oh, you know, well, you know, thanks a lot. You're, you know, I said it really fast. Like, you're a really good detective. And she goes, how'd you know? I said, how'd I know what? She goes, when I'm not here, I'm constantly studying online to be a detective. She said, I want to be a detective, but I don't want to be a police officer. And I don't think I'm good enough to be a detective. And I just said to her, you know what? I think, you know, God had it on your heart, on his heart to let you know that you know, you're a good detective already and that if this is a passion of yours, pursue it. You know, you can, you can do something that you put your mind on that God designed you to do. And with that, tears just welled up in her eyes and tears welled up in my eyes. And as I walked out and, I, and that was it, I didn't do the four spiritual laws. She didn't become a believer, but I sat in the car and I just, thank you, God, that you care about every aspect of my life as I go to the cleaners, but you care about every person you've created and this woman behind the counter who I don't know and I've never seen since, that you wanted to impart hope and encouragement to her because I was willing to risk to be a little bit foolish to say what was on your heart, to open up in her heart that which you had already planted in there. Mm. And in that little story, I think encapsulate everything we're trying to talk about. It's not just for uh, the boardroom. It's not just for the classroom. It's not just for Sunday morning sermons. It's about how you live constantly in partnership with God to bring that which is part of his kingdom every day, your place on the wall, the mission that he's given you, we want to give you your mission back.
0: That is so good. Yeah, so Ephesians 2.10 is a, a big verse for this yeah. where it says, you know, we are his workmanship created for good works that he has prepared in, in advance. advance. And um, I, I know stepping into this, we look back and we're like, man, how much have I missed? Yeah. How much have I missed? But then you're like, you know what? God's going to redeem all of that, and I'm looking forward, and I'm yes. so excited about uh, partnering with Him on a daily basis just like that. Yes. And I know those of you who are listening are too, and um, we're just going to pray for you right now. And, and Lord, we're just so excited you, that you are opening up ears, eyes, hearts um, to your leading, because you say as many are led by the Spirit, they are sons of God. Yes. And you say we're sons and daughters so we expect that you're a a leading god that you're a god that leads us that you don't hide hide the plans because you say we're friends we're no longer uh slaves and with your friends and your sons you reveal your plans we should not expect that you're hiding these things from us and if if we have that in our heart god we just ask that you would replace that lie with the truth that you care And that you're concerned and you want to partner with us and you want to reveal your heart for for the world to us but also right now not just the macro what is happening right now where i'm at Mm -hmm. the job the decision the move the illness uh, my neighbor my family this strain on this relationship you have all wisdom in you and you say we can ask and you give without passing judgment Mm -hmm. So we want to ask, and we want to expect. We ask, we expect, and we depend upon you. Mm-hmm. Just continue to teach us how to do that. Mm-hmm.
1: Lord, we just say we love you. Father, we love you, and we, um, we are so thankful that we get to partner with you and that you love us and that you intrude into every detail because you just have good things for us. I just pray for everybody who will hear this um, message that you will burn it into their spirits father in a profound way in the way that is according to how you are working in them and how you want to work through them would you bless them father would you get rid of the lies they're believing father would you replace it with the truth would you pour out the love of a father on your son or daughter Uh, father they may walk fully into the, the purpose and the destiny that you have for them in Jesus name
0: in Jesus name Well, that wraps it up for this uh, podcast. We'll, We'll see you next time for the next part of our series of Faith at Work. And we're just really excited that you're on this journey with us. And that's all from us today with Iron Bell Ministries podcast. Thanks.